I am going to share a part of my journey and a part of my life that has been very hard for me to let people in on. So I try and sit down and do this and I try to let my thoughts just flow freely um, because I feel like it's it's like my, my genuine thought process. Um, I'm going to try really hard to let this flow in one in one thought. Um, so I have to, if I have to stop, don't judge me. <laughs> um, this is this is going to be this is going to be really hard to talk about. But I have learned so much. And I'm such a different person because of it. And I want you guys to know that the things you go through and the struggles that you face are so important. And that you lean into them. And you learn how to conquer them. And you learn how to overcome them. Because they will make you into exactly who you're supposed to be. So this is episode four. Welcome to the Big D, and I don't mean Dallas. So I'm going to start from the very beginning, and I think it's very important to start out saying that it wasn't always bad, and it's very easy to get wrapped up in all of the negative things that go on in a relationship, and specifically for me in a marriage, and um, it wasn't always bad. I met I met my ex-husband um when I was very young and we dated for a while and we had so much fun together we uh we met out dancing one night and not like booty dancing like legit country two-stepping like you know he took off his hat when he when he introduced himself and he you know would hold my hand and spin me around the dance floor and um, I fell in love with two-stepping because of him. And from there, we we hung out a lot. And uh, we went to Top Golf a lot because he was very into golfing. And come to find out, the only reason why he took me there was because he wanted to impress me so much uh, with how far he could hit the golf ball. <laughs> um, and it worked. I was impressed, you know, whatever. Um and he met my family. My family loved him. He was a joy to be around. Uh, very happy, very happy-go-lucky, and he was he was adventurous and spontaneous, and he he really made me feel special. Um, and we dated for for a while before we ever got engaged. And, um, you know, I, I met his family and I, I can't say that it was always sunshine and rainbows. Um, it, it did come with some difficulties and, and I will, I will wear, I will wear those difficulties because sometimes I can be a very difficult person to be around. Um, I know that the first step is self-acceptance. Um, so we actually got engaged, 
on July 4th, which is my absolute favorite holiday. And uh, so he did it out, um, you know, for the 4th of July, my family always goes out to the lake. And so um, I, my whole family actually got to be there, which was really cool. And uh, he he claims that my mom was the one that was so excited, which is why he could not wait until the fireworks went off that night to do it. So we, uh, we get out to Moss Lake, which is probably like two hours away from my parents' house. And, uh, we had taken the boat out there and, uh, we're, you know, getting everything set up. Everybody's getting settled into the house. And, um, you know, I went, I went to go take the, the little beagles out, uh, to go potty and he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. And he had come straight from work. He was wearing blue jeans and like a polo shirt. And I'm in like, you know, t-shirts and a short. It's like hot as balls in the middle of, you know, summer in Texas. It's like 120 degrees. So I'm melting and he's standing outside with blue jeans on. And I'm like, why don't you go put on some shorts or like your, you know, uh, so- something else, something that's like well ventilated. <laughs> um, and we're standing outside uh, and we're just, you know, you're just kind of like chit-chatting and I'm, I'm watching the dogs cause we didn't have a fence and I didn't want them to, you know, get out and their beagles and the whole thing. So, uh, the next thing I know, my mom calls my name. I turn around, I look at her, I turn back around and he's down on one knee and I kid you not, it comes out as one word. Will you marry me? <laughs> I was like so shocked and I was so stunned. Um, that I looked at him and I said, are you serious? Which he would not let me, he would not let me live that down. Wouldn't let me live it down. Um, and he goes, no, I'm totally kidding. I'm just sweating my ass off out here on one knee, but no, I'm not being serious. (laughs) I was like, well, like, of course, yes. Um, and it was one of the happiest moments of my life. I could not imagine being with anybody else. Um, you know, I, we had fun together. We would laugh and we were silly and it it was, it was easy. It was easy. And of course we fought and, you know, I, I was a girl about things and I blew things out of proportion and, you know, all of the very normal things. Um, and of course he was a guy and from time to time he would have no feelings and he would act like he didn't care and, you know, but it was good. It was, it was nice. And, um, we got along. And I think it was really important to to remember that we we had a lot of fun together. We did a lot of really stupid shit together and we were silly and we made fun of each other. Um, And so saying yes to him was was easy. And uh, we ended up waiting like a little over a year to get married. So we got married on August 22nd. And, uh, we ended up getting married in Fort Worth. We got married in this beautiful chapel, uh, called the Marty Leonard chapel. Um, I'm not, I'm not above to like give out recommendations. It's absolutely stunning. And then we had, uh, our reception, like right down the street and, uh, you know, the, the wedding planning process, like, of course it's stressful and there's things that, um, you know, get in the way specifically. I remember, having an absolute terror of a time because uh, the photographer that we had originally booked, um, the date that I had told her, 
ended up not being the date that we got married on. So when we changed our wedding date, I forgot to tell her. So she booked a wedding for the 22nd and we were actually supposed to get married the weekend after that. So about, you know, a month out from the wedding, uh, <laughs> I reached out to her and said, Hey, you know, we're look, we're booking all of like the, the hotel rooms and stuff. I know you're from Dallas. I just didn't know if you wanted to stay in Fort Worth. And she was like, Oh my gosh. Um, I have the date down wrong. And I was like, Oh, what? And I remember, I remember him coming home and having three different types of ice cream <laughs> because <laughs> that's really the only way to console me when I'm just really, just really just beside myself. He brought home a chocolate chip, um, uh, ch- what was it? Cookies and cream and then chocolate chip cookie dough. And he was like, I, I didn't want to have to make you pick. So I just, I just picked all three. <laughs> and I was laying on the floor of our apartment sobbing because this girl, I had been stalking her pictures for forever before we, we were even engaged. And I was like, I want her to take them. Um, and she, she was absolutely incredible. If anybody looks her up, her name is Haley Renringo. She is phenomenal. And she ended up doing all of my, my bridal portraits and stuff for me. And so, um, yeah, she, she did our engagement pictures, but she just wasn't there for our wedding day, which was totally on me. She is, if, yeah, if anybody's looking, check her out. She's based out of LA now. Um, but she comes to Dallas every so often. So she is the bomb and I still, I'm still absolutely obsessed with her pictures. And so (laughs) that, um, he, he knew how to handle me. He knew how, he knew how to like calm me down. He knew how to, to talk to me. And, um, that that's important. It's important to know how to deal with somebody. It's no, it's, it's important to know how somebody deals with anger and how they respond. Do they need time or do they need to walk away? Do they deal with it in the moment? Um, and for, for me, which I feel is very common with a lot of girls, it's like, no, 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 no. I want this shit fixed now. We're going to talk about it now. And we're going to talk about it until we're both blue in the face. We're going to talk about it until we hate each other, but we're going to talk about it now. And <laughs> that's not always the best way to go about it. Um, so he, he would balance me out in that way. Cause he was definitely the type where he's like, I need to take a car ride. I need to take a walk. Um, but where things got messy was that, uh, you know, I, he would leave me feeling like I didn't know if he was ever going to come back and that's not fair. And nobody should ever feel like that. Um, and so, you know, our, our wedding day was magical. And, uh, you know, both both of our families got to be there. And both of my grandmothers um, got to be there, which is really special for me. And I, now now that I'm looking back, and I don't know if my dad will remember this, but... We were in the car and he was driving me to the chapel and he looked at me and, uh, and he said, okay, we're sitting at the stoplight. There's a, there's a Callaway's on the right and there's a Trader Joe's on the left. We're sitting at this stoplight and he looks at me and he said, okay, we go to the right, you get married, you do the thing, you live happily ever after. We go to the left, takes us to the highway. And I will drive you wherever you want to go. And I looked at him and I thought he was, I thought he was crazy. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, yes, take me to the chapel. And it's just so crazy. And I don't think that my dad meant anything by it because 
they got along really well and they would play golf and they would go hunting. And I, I, I truly believe that he did not mean anything by it in that moment. Um, but it just, it, it makes, it makes you think and being a girl, I, I think about everything and from every single angle, 42,000 times. So we get married and we actually didn't take a honeymoon, um, which was, which was a problem. I, if anybody has the opportunity to take a honeymoon, take it. It's a really wonderful, blissful time that we did not get to share. We did not get to bond. Um, however, I can't say that we like came out empty handed cause we absolutely did not. Um, his parents were kind enough to help us build our first home and that's what they did for us instead of sending us on a honeymoon. Um, and that, that was difficult if I had it to do over, I probably wouldn't. And, um, it's just a lot of stress to put on, um, you know, a, a new, a new marriage. And yeah, we had been together for a while, but it's, there's still something very different about being married. So we started to build the house and it, it, it took a lot longer than what we had expected. Um, and so we were living in an apartment, our apartment lease was up and, um, you know, at that point we were coming kind of like down to the wire and it was like, well, we can't sign like a month to month leaves cause they completely overcharge you and just take, just take complete advantage of you. So my parents were kind enough to offer up their home. <laughs> so we had been married for <laughs> maybe like three months and we moved in with my parents. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so awkward. Um, but my parents, my parents are the best and they, they gave us our space and, you know, they definitely were not pushy and it, it, it was obviously not an ideal situation, but all four of us made the best of it. And, you know, God bless him. He had to drive you know, over an hour every single day to and from work. So, you know, nothing comes without its challenges. And, you know, I got the sweet end of the deal on that one because at that time I was, you know, working for my dad and, um, you know, I was like down the street from his office. So, you know, he was driving forever and it literally took me five minutes to get to work. So um, we, you know, we finished our house, we moved in and, things just kind of got fuzzy and, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we, how do we figure out this, like this newlywed life and, you know, what are your responsibilities in the marriage? And, you know, there's definitely things that people, you get to know about somebody and, and there's, there's an, another level of security that you have when you're married. And so things can get very lax and you kind of stop trying a little bit, which is really sad um, and you, 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 you nitpick at that point. Cause you're just, you're angry about things that you, you don't realize you're, you're angry about. Um, it's no mystery. I hate doing laundry, the the actual act of doing laundry, like putting it in the washing machine, putting it in the dryer. I don't mind. It's folding it. Oh God. I hate folding laundry. So he didn't mind it, but he would never do it. And so I, you know, shuffling through as many clothes as I do, it's, it's hard and you got to stay on top of it. Um, you know, I don't mind 
sitting and scrubbing a shower and scrubbing the bathroom floors. I don't mind any of that. So that, that was supposed to be my thing. Um, and you know, it's, we did live together before, before we got married. Um, so we did have like that, that dynamic that we kind of had already figured out, but now we're living in this house that is our responsibility. Um, and so when things go wrong with the house, it's like this whole added stress level. (laughs) Um, so every little thing would just send him through the roof and he would get so frustrated about little tiny things. And I could not understand. I'm like, why are we getting so mad about this? Like, let's just call somebody or let's call your dad or let's try and get help because of this. Like, if you know that you can't do something, why are we going to sit and stress ourselves out about it? So he would get frustrated with me because of that, because I didn't understand where he was coming from. And so then you just start to get in this circle. Um, and then on top of that, you add in jobs and I had made the switch from doing, you know, nursing full time to doing, you know, fitness full time. And that, that frustrated him a lot because it was like, he he almost felt like I was, I was changing the script. And for me, when you agree to be with somebody like you you should support all of their dreams and all of their adventures and and whatever it is that they want to do. Now if I told him, "Hey, I want to go and like be a gypsy and travel across the United States." Like, yeah, maybe maybe, you know, sit down and talk to me about that. But it's not like I was doing something detrimental to my health. It's, you know, it it was just like my 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 passion was refocusing. And he he knew I had always loved fitness. Um and so that that became a strain as well. And the moment that I started to feel like my dreams and my passions stopped being important is when I stopped supporting his dreams and his passions, which changed like every single month. Um, and it's, it's fine to have like a, a bunch of hobbies, but you know, don't, don't put me down because you know, you, you were able to find what you wanted to do right off the bat. And then come to find out that that's not even true. You know, he, he played baseball and, um, you know, he, he made it to the big leagues and he, he reached his dream and he reached his goal. And unfortunately he got hurt and, you know, his, his dream took a a major left-hand turn. And, you know, if he ever wanted to go back to it, I, I told him, daily if you ever want to rehab that if you ever want to to go and try again like I would be behind you 100% so for me to to be able to give that sort of support and not receive that in return was devastating because you just you feel small and you feel like you know maybe maybe I'm doing something wrong maybe maybe this isn't supposed maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing but it has nothing to do with me and it was that he was getting frustrated because he had lost something that he was so passionate about and I was doing something that I was very passionate about. And again, this is all stuff that I've I've worked through on my own and um you know maybe maybe it's maybe it's not exactly what he thinks. Obviously, I have not a clue, but it's 
I, this, this is off, you know, from my perspective. And we just started to not really want to spend time together. And I had a really big problem being jealous. Um, you know, I, I find my ex-husband to be very attractive. I mean, that would be silly, would be silly for me to not to. Um, and he kind of had a little bit of a flirtatious side. And I, it, it was, it was a problem that I didn't realize until we were well into our marriage that I didn't feel like a priority to him. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was the most beautiful woman that he's ever seen. And without a doubt, every female deserves that. Every single female deserves to feel like the most beautiful, the most perfect, the most wonderful human being that your significant other has ever laid his eyes on. And it goes in reverse. Like girls should make their significant others feel like he is the absolute king of their world. And it's it's a give and a take and it's a back and a forth. And I didn't feel that way. And I felt like I was constantly pursuing something and someone that I just wasn't getting anything back from. So there was a point in time where I did ask him if, if we wanted to go to therapy and it was no, no, no. So I thought, okay, we'll just kind of work it out on our own and we'll, we'll make it work. And things started to get better and, you know, we, we would go on, on more dates and we would do things that we used to really like to do together and we would spend more alone time um, and we'd go out on the boat and we would take walks and, you know, it, being, being, being in a marriage is absolutely work, and, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's also necessary. Um, you know, people who say that, you know, your relationship should be easy. It's like, that's, that's such a lie. It's such an incredible lie. And you have to actively pursue the person that you are with every single day. And it's, yeah, it should be easy to want to actively pursue them, you know, because if somebody makes it hard to be loved, like, you, you, you know, you're, you're going to get tired of it. And Obviously, if they return the favor and they make you feel actively pursued, then it's this wonderful ebb and flow. And it just, it just wasn't there. Um, so I started to, I started to pick work and I would pick up a lot of classes and I would teach, you know, 16, 17 times a week and I would stay late at the office and, you know, I, I stopped cooking and I, I, I stopped doing, doing things that I would normally do. And that became a problem. And that is 100% on me. I stopped pursuing my spouse because I didn't feel pursued either. Um, we would take vacations and, you know, I would constantly think that he's looking at other girls and that he's, you know, that he doesn't, he doesn't want me, that I'm not pretty enough, that I'm not smart enough. And, you know, I... I, I don't deserve that to feel that way. But I also think that, you know, if you talk to your, to your spouse or your boyfriend or whoever that, you know, this is the way you're making me feel, I feel like they should care. And there was one, there was one vacation in particular that we went on. Um, and, uh, oh, this is hard. 
um, we'd gone to Mexico with a bunch of friends. And uh, I got really sunburnt one day because I was stupid and didn't wear enough sunscreen. And so I had decided to go back to our hotel room and just kind of like hang out for the afternoon. And one of the girls that was on the trip was single. Um, I have my own thoughts on her, um, which are not very nice. And so my mom told me that if you have nothing nice to say, then say nothing at all. So... I had heard through the grapevine that this girl was being very flirtatious in a very physical way towards my husband. And I was not happy about it. <laughs> um, we go to dinner that night. She's wearing a dress that is like see-through. Um, and it's, it's, it's just like one thing on top of the other. And at this point... You know, I didn't feel like a priority to him. And I didn't feel like my feelings mattered. Even if he was not doing anything wrong, which he, and I, I, I do believe this, I do, that he did nothing on that trip. I believe that. But I wanted him to understand and I wanted him to see that she was making me feel a certain way. And that as your wife, my feelings come first. And that if somebody is doing something to make me feel like our marriage is not important, you need to step up to the plate and you need to do something about it. When you get married, you are vowing to protect that person and you are vowing that together you protect the sanctity of your marriage and that anybody who tries to come in is going to... is will be exiled. Like, I don't, I don't have time for that. Like, don't, don't mess with this off limits. And there are some really shitty people out in the world that are going to try and infiltrate and they're going to try and break you down and you have to be aware of it. And he wasn't. And you know, this, this girl just you know, she just, she just didn't let up. And I get it. He's cute. He's attractive. He's fit. I get it. Just, I get it. I married him. (laughs) I get it. And I have never felt so disrespected in my entire life. And... That that made me realize that we have a big problem. And this is not going to be able to be swept under the rug. And this is not going to be able to just go away. I don't deserve to feel like this. And I should be able to voice my opinion and I should be able to voice my feelings and be heard. And I wasn't. And it was so painful. And he took off his wedding ring and he threw it at me on that trip. And he told me to go home. 
know, I, I, I admit the things that I'm at fault for. And I came from a place where I could be incredibly jealous, incredibly jealous to a point where, you know, he didn't want to go out to dinner and he didn't want to go do things because I constantly thought that he was looking at other girls and I, I wear that and I know that's a problem, but it's all stemming back from very specific events. So we come home and we agreed that, you know, we, we, we need help. And we just kind of got lost in regular life. Um, and that was about the time that, you know, some of my friends had asked me if I had thought about trying out for Soul Cycle, And I batted it around and, you know, I knew that I had to move to New York. And he told me like, no, we are, we are not in the place to do that. Um, and I agreed. I said, you know, our, our marriage comes first. Like I, I agree with you. Um, and this was taking us into Christmas. Um, oh God. I, I got pregnant in January. And I had a miscarriage right before my best friend's wedding. And that broke us. That completely broke us. He looked at me. And he told me that my body is trash. And I don't tell you guys these things to say, oh, poor me, look what somebody did. But it's, you have to be careful about what you say to people. Because there are some things that it doesn't matter how much you apologize and it doesn't matter how sorry you are you were not the person that had to hear that the things that you say matter and I think it's I, I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing think before you speak just because it might be true for you doesn't make it true for everybody and the way that you feel might not be the way that somebody else feels. So we went to my best friend's wedding and we danced and we had fun. And it's almost like you live for like the little escapes. And you come back to the real world and it's just like you're walking around in somebody else's life. And I didn't talk to anybody about this. And I didn't say anything to anybody. And that was the biggest mistake I could have made. You have friends for a reason. And you have family for a reason. 
and you know again the words that you say matter and if you ask somebody how they are be prepared to hear something other than oh i'm great thanks for asking so i always think twice before i ask people that cuz i was terrified to tell anybody that this kind of stuff was going on I didn't want to be judged. I, I, I watched my, my parents have a great marriage. And I, I'm not stupid. I know they fight. <laughs> I've witnessed it. Never seen my dad leave. Never seen my dad raise his voice. And obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of their marriage, but I know that they've made really big decisions and one of the biggest ones to, was to move our family from Florida to Texas. And you know, as you get older, you ask you ask your parents and I think they're a little more willing to share information with you and you know, my dad said that my mom was the driving force of that. And not not that he wasn't, but my dad wore it. My sister and I, oh gosh, we were so upset with him because of that. You know, but they 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 appeared to us as a united front. And they were a team. And so, you know, you grow up and you you're watching something like that and you're you aspire to that. And my sister and her husband have an incredible balance. They have an incredible marriage and again, I know that they fight. I know that things are hard, but they don't give up on each other. I felt like a failure. And I felt like, you know, I graduated college. I have a good job. I have a great job. I'm making all of the right choices. So why is this not working? And they weren't the right choices for me. And you guys hear me say it in class. You know, I, it, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what your neighbor does. It matters what's best for you in this moment. What decision are you going to make that is going to benefit you in the best way possible right now? All, all of that comes from somewhere. So, we stuck it out, and, uh, you know, my, my family could tell something was wrong. My, my nephew turned one that March, and uh, I, was, I was very sad. I was losing a spouse. I had lost a child. I... I didn't know what was going on with my life. And Soul Cycle auditions were, were coming through that month, actually through Dallas. And, you know, I knew, I knew that I was not in a place to do that. And so uh, I told them, you know, the next time that they come through Texas, I'm, I'm trying out. Whether you like it or not, I'm, I'm trying out. And uh, so that, that July, they came back through, they went through Houston. And so I, I went down there and, 
you know, there's, there's really like three distinct parts to this. And, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it here, which is right before I, I, I left to go to Soul Cycle. And, uh, the night before I left, I was packing up all my stuff. And of course, he wasn't happy about it. And we had to spend a lot of money for me to, to go and live a lot of money out of our savings account for me to go live up there and, and pursue this. And he was not happy. Um, but I knew it's, it's, I, I needed to do this. I, it was a dream and I needed it. Um, and he looked right at me. He said, yeah, go do it. You know, I guess you can. And I said, thanks for the support. He said, you know what? The only reason why I even told you to go try out is because I never thought you'd make it. And I don't know about anybody else, but that pisses me off. How dare you tell me that I'm not able to do something? Why? Because you weren't? Okay. Watch me. And I packed my shit and I put my happy ass on a plane and I went to New York and I kicked ass. And there was not a single day that went by that I didn't replay those words in my head. I was angry. I was mad. And for a little while... Really what pushed me through was that I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of coming home because I missed my family. I don't want to give him the satisfaction of being of, of quitting because, you know, it, it was it was stressful and we fought. Hell no. So I had to look right at him and I had to fix my face. And I said, fuck you very kindly. I can't do this. So, you know, I, I share my story with you guys, not for pity. And, you know, that trust me, I, I, I spent my fair share of months wallowing in my own pain. I don't, I don't need any more pity. You know, I, I want you guys to, to hear things and, you know, if it's something that you're going through yourself, that, you know, there's, there, there are just things that you just should expect. And one of those is that the way you talk to people matters. The way you allow people to talk to you matters. How you love yourself is the way you're going to allow somebody else to love you. And that's how much you're going to let them get away with. Truly committing to somebody. There is a non-negotiable when it comes to belief. That you are with them through their very worst and you ride hide for their very best. And that's what makes those high moments so much better is because you went through all of it together. And 
the last thing is that you should feel like a priority. If somebody that you're with does not make you feel important, then you walk. You deserve to feel like the most precious and the most valued thing in their life. And that everybody else can literally, you can give them the middle finger and you can walk away. The feelings of the, of, of the person that you're supposed to love the most should come first. I want, I want, I want people to feel loved and acknowledged and seen and appreciated. And my, my little brother actually, (laughs) oddly enough, used to always say, you know, you you can't, you can't use somebody else to make you happy. Somebody else can't make you happy. You gotta, you gotta be happy. You gotta be happy first. And for me, that comes from my faith. And that knowing that my value lies within, within my own religious beliefs, that's, that's where I gained my true happiness. And I've learned my true self-worth. And that whoever comes in is a supplement. And that they help you reach a different level of happiness. And it's ta- it's taken a while. It's been a long road, <laughs> long road. Um, but that's what part two is all about. It's about figuring out that what just happened to me does not define me. And that I'm going to use that to power me through this next very painful, very difficult trying part. And that's, that's next week. Um, so there was a part of this where I literally had to wake up every day, look at myself in the mirror and say, fix your face. Don't let people see this because I didn't want anybody to know. And I hid it for a really long time. But people are there for you for a reason. And they want to be your friend and they, they want you to lean on them. And I'm very lucky to have a few people like that, specifically my family. But I have a couple really great friends too that were unbelievable. So let people be there for you. Let people have that human interaction. And being vulnerable and being scared and being hurt does not make you weak.